listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Well, hello and welcome to RPC Ramblings. Um, I am Alex Richardson, one of the co-hosts and discipleship worker at Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. And I'm also joined today, as per usual, with uh, Leslie Ann Wilkinson. Hey, Alex. Hey, Leslie Ann. Leslie Ann is also one of the discipleship workers at Rich Hill Presbyterian. And today we are joined with uh, a special guest, uh, <laughs> Sherwin Kwan. Hello. Hey, great to be here. Good to have you, man. Um, really good to um, see you via this and to get yeah. chatting with you. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you don't sound too Northern Irish. Um, so, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, whereabouts are you? Are you from? Yeah, yeah, I'm from the other side of the pond. I, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, a pastor at uh, Grace and Peace Community Church in Philadelphia, and uh, I was born and raised in New York. Uh, I'm Korean, second generation, so my parents came from Korea. But I was born and raised in New York, so English is my first language. Uh, you know, not the proper English you speak, but my English. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I um, uh, uh, sensed a call to ministry in college. I moved to Philadelphia for seminary where I attended Westminster Seminary and I have been there ever since and uh, joined Grace and Peace in 2015 as a pastor and I've been serving there ever since. And uh, yeah, pleased to be here. And uh, just for folks at home who might not know, my connection with Alex goes back a couple of years. In 2017, uh, this Sony Northern Irish kid came to do a <laughs> ministry internship at Grace and Peace. And it was very timely because I was a newer pastor at the time. And our lead pastor, Jonathan Olson, was away on a sabbatical, a four-month sabbatical, and left the charge to me. Uh, but the reason I did not feel alone, and the reason I felt strong that sabbatical was because Alex was there. <laughs> and he quickly became my right-hand man. Uh, we did life and ministry together. We shoulder teaching and preaching together. We walked through very difficult ministry situations together. Um, and he, he became a brother and a friend. And uh, that was years ago. And that's continued to this day. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's about, a bit about me and my connection with Alex. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a, a really sweet summer. Um, <laughs> those, those three, four months. I mean, absolutely yeah, loved it. Obviously, all the, the, the ministry and all the learning experience of ministry and work with people in church was great. I mean, just being in Philadelphia, the food was awesome too. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. How, how much weight did you gain after? <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. I, I know you say I arrived as a, as a scrawny, um, you know, kid, teenager, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't leave as a, as a scrawny teenager. So, um, no, you put some pounds on. You put some pounds on, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. Rachel noticed as well, so yeah. <laughs> so I had to go to the gym. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's America. It's America. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Although Philadelphia is really good for food spots. I mean, it is. you have landed yourself there with um, yeah. you know, food spots. So. It, is. it is. I was in yeah. Philly once years ago, Sherwin. So, oh, um, is that right? Pre, okay. Pre-Grace and Peace days, whenever um, we would have partnered in a camp with 10th. So, um, yes. and I do remember the Philly cheese steaks and the water yes. ice. Read, read as water ice. Was like yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's like 10 plus years ago. Well, but, you're practically um, a Philadelphian then. Absolutely. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yes. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chick-fil-A was, my, was one of my favorites. I mean, yeah, Chick-fil-A was. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah, we um, were there quite often, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were. Um, and family, Sherwin. Um, yeah. 
Judy and the the kids. How are yeah. They doing? Yeah, wife Judy, uh three sons, Nathan, Noah, Nicholas, and baby girl Carrie. Uh who's not a baby anymore, Alex. Uh, she's, <laughs> uh, she's she's three years old now, so she's walking, she's talking. Uh yeah, you'll be stunned how big she is. <laughs> I know because we were on Zoom a few weeks ago just catching up and uh Carrie was um oh that's right that's she, she right, was yeah. wanting to get into the conversation with us right, and so you saw her yeah distracting you and I was like what <laughs> you know I mean it has it's been three years so uh, it's been three years yeah you saw her as a baby and they grow so fast yeah, yeah. So. family's well uh we're all coping as best we can in, in this situation I was sharing with Leslie Ann before there's some wonderful aspects to that uh, especially being around uh the boys as they're growing into manhood uh, just so good to spend a lot of time with them at home together mm. to see see a lot of things and learn a lot about them. Um, also parts of that are really hard. Uh, times we just want to jump out a window and give up and <laughs> feel like we're done. Uh, but it's the good and the bad all mixed together and the Lord is good over all, all, over all of it. So they're, they're doing well. They're all healthy. Yeah, doing well. Good. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I feel like one of the things with lockdown for us as well has just been a, for Rachel and I, um, I don't know. We just feel like with the time that we've been able to spend together, it's just been a, it's, it's been really, really good for, for our marriage. Um, yeah. 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 Do you know, just the conversations we've been able to have me being about more to, to do more um, about the house, especially with Rachel working more um, just with being a nurse and um, during this time. And so um, it's been really sweet, actually. I think it's been yeah. a real um, blessing and um, yeah. You know, yeah. So we've been very thankful for, for this time in, in some in some senses and um, recognizing that in some sense, absolutely absolutely right. yeah right. easier okay for everybody um, no definitely not so, no but yeah. it is good to identify the good parts and actually the parts that we're going to miss when things return to some normalcy it's good to think about that and and stay thankful absolutely yeah very much so um today we're going to be thinking about the lord being um gracious and merciful in our podcast with for the last number of weeks, we've been talking about lots of different attributes um, of, of who God is. Um, and today we're thinking about God being gracious and merciful. Um, so when we talk about God being gracious, we'll, we'll think about that first. What do we mean? How might we define that? What does the Bible say about God being um, gracious? Yeah. Yeah, when uh, we think about God being gracious, uh, we think about the fact that God is uh, he's a God who shows undeserved favor mm. towards his people and really towards all his creatures. Uh, that's, that's rooted in his goodness, his good character, that uh, God, despite the deserts of his creatures, he's still kind to them. He's still good to them. And he is still uh, uh, just lavish in his blessings to them. And that's what we mean when we say God is gracious. Um, and I know some of your notes you, you put out, Alex, uh, you distinguish between you know, God being commonly gracious and savingly gracious. And that's mm. a good distinction. Um, when people say that God has uh, common grace for folks, um, it means that despite people believing God or not, despite their character, despite their spiritual state, still we see lots of good things and good characters and qualities mm. in people you know, across the spiritual spectrum, right? And uh, we just see that, right? All of our friends who don't believe in Jesus like we do, we can't deny they have gifts of humility and kindness and wisdom, mm. right? And they're often more truthful than we are. They're often more humble than we are. Mm. And what do we make of that, right? And I think a lot of people will think, ah, that's the innate goodness of people, right? 
But as Christians who know our Bibles, we know, no, no, people aren't innately good. Like sin has really devastated us. Yeah. When we see our non-Christian friends more humble than we are, what we're actually seeing is God. We're seeing his grace. That's God's common grace. Like God in his grace, uh, his, in his love for the world, he's, he's giving gifts to all mankind. Like he makes his reign fall in just and unjust. And so uh, the world is not as bad as it could be because of God's common grace. There is uh, good gifts in the world, despite people's spiritual state, that's, that's God's common grace. And it's all undeserved. That's his common mm-hmm. grace. Um, yeah, and you, you say like the world could be um, worse in a sense, or it's not as bad right. as what it could be, you know, because because of sin, the world has been plunged into darkness. You know, every fragment of, of our existence, of our being has been fragmented by, by sin and um, and yet it's not as bad as it, it could be. Uh, and I think that's, uh, I don't know what you think, but even like in the midst of a global pandemic, um, yeah, yeah, it's not as bad mm-hmm. as what um, right. it could be. Um, that's right. Do you know, that's the right. Lord has given us, has given our leaders, um, although we might want to like blame them for certain things, you're saying they could have done things better. The Lord has been, um, right. you know, gracious um, to them and granting them wisdom. Um, understand the things and that's right you to make decisions that's right and as christians we see that and we actually we give thanks to god for that mm. right we do like we we don't chalk it up to the goodness of people right? mm. we chalk it up thank god thank god that the world isn't falling apart uh even though it might feel like it's falling apart it's not he's holding it together and mm. um and it also gives us humility before um before leaders and other folks who don't believe like we do I think sometimes we can be tempted to feel like, oh, well, if, if, if they don't think like we do, if they're not Christians, I, I don't have to listen to them, right? Or there's nothing I can learn from them. And I know actually there's quite a bit we can learn from them. There's mm-hmm. a good deal we can listen to them from because of God, God's common grace. Um, it's, you know, all truth is God's truth. And to the degree they're being truthful, it's because of God. And so we can listen to them. We can learn from them. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of reasons to give thanks, absolutely. Yeah, and as you say, it's giving thanks to God, which I think is the appropriate thing in Christian response. It's it's worship of God because right. um, it, it's not that we want to say our leaders are the experts, political right. leaders, even church right. leaders, um, That's you right. know, whatever capacity people are in leadership. Um, we don't want to say they're the experts. Um, we want to say that God is the expert. And because That's he right. is good, because he is gracious, um, he, he deserves... Um, the praise and the the thanks that's right that's right yeah it's it's a very god-oriented activity when we when we do that absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you you mentioned like common grace and, and what we're talking about here is common grace you said there's there's a difference then um we want to distinguish between common grace and saving grace um what do we mean by saving grace or yes god is a god of just grace he has unmerited favor kindness to all uh, towards creatures and in a blanket sense and generally god has common grace for all but there is a special sense in scripture where uh in a sa- the saving grace of god uh it's not to all but it's actually just to god's people right and it's his rich lavish unrestrained grace uh, to sinners where he takes them from death and darkness uh, and judgment right? and he brings them into life and gives them pardon and righteousness and salvation and that kindness that's what we call saving grace mm-hmm. and it's it's for those who believe in jesus right so it's not for all but it's it's located in christ and and it's for those who believe in christ so even though god is constantly one he's a god of 
constantly giving unmerited favor. There is a common sense for all, but a special sense for, for those who believe in Christ. Yeah. That's yeah. saving grace. Yeah. yeah, I love the, you know, it's, it's Ephesians 2, one to, you know, 1 to 10, where it talks about, um, you know, us being dead and our trespasses and our sins and following Satan, the ways of the world. Um, you know, we were in darkness following the rest of mankind. We were acting on the desires of our, of our flesh, doing what we wanted. Um, and because of that, we were, you know, I think Paul says in Ephesians 2 is the first four that we were objects of wrath. That's um, right, yeah. yeah. Because of that. Um, and really, there's no hope for us. We are spiritually dead because we're born into sin. Um, and so there's no hope for us apart right. from um, God reaching down and right. um, rescuing us through and in Jesus Christ. Um, and, and obviously because we are in sin and we've rebelled against him, it's not something we deserve. Um, you know, it's, it's by grace. It's by That's his right. undeserved favor towards us in Christ. That's right. And in that passage, there's a couple of times where Paul wants to make very clear, it's by grace you have been mm-hmm. saved. Right? He says it twice in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so really hammering home. Yeah, despite your your utterly hopeless condition, uh, here, here's a way, here's a way for you to be saved. And it's nothing short of the sheer grace of God, nothing you can do, mm-hmm. right? It's only grace, yeah. Mm. yeah. And like, I mean, would we want to say though that grace is a person, um, like grace is Jesus Christ, or our grace is in, it's found in Christ, which I think is right. really important. I, I guess why right. I'm asking that is because I think there's a danger that we, we can, define grace and say okay here's what grace is and we can have this definition right and yet right. that can be something that can still be held at a distance and um, that we don't actually embrace that we don't mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know live out of um that's right that's right but yet it's fine actually it's not just an abstract thing it's actually mm-hmm. fine in christ mm-hmm. your person yeah, yeah. And that's i think that's such a go ahead yeah yeah i'm just gonna say i think that's what um is amazing too and if we say that god is gracious is not the same as us as human beings being gracious so we might act in acts of grace whereas mm-hmm. god especially seen in christ is gracious you know it's his mm-hmm. very character and um, mm-hmm. so it's his grace and his attitude toward us in his very relationship toward us as well as in his acts of creation of forgiveness of sanctification mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's so much more than just at times we might act graciously whereas god particularly in christ is grace that this yeah. is the very favor that we are unmerited that we see in christ and um, so sorry sherwin what, what were you gonna say to no that? amen no amen I, I love that i love that well that's that's a huge reminder to all of us and to me that it's it's in christ it's in relationship with christ that we have the grace of god i think you're absolutely right and yeah paul makes that very clear in ephesians 1 where mm-hmm. so many times he says every spiritual blessing in heaven is yours mm-hmm. in christ right in christ you were destined for glory in christ you have this um yeah and that's a that's a very good reminder that yeah we don't we don't have a just an abstract kind of faith you know we don't just have ideas in our head and that's what saves us no we're actually in relationship we're in the savior because we're in him so it's profoundly relational that's, that is really important yeah mm. and i guess the way we show our trust um in christ and the way we show that then we are um, saved by grace that we're under grace is that it actually then begins to um, permeate deep in our heart and then affect and shape mm-hmm. you know our minds and our, mm-hmm. and our hands mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. actually then um, mm-hmm. it changes us um, from mm-hmm. the inside out i guess 
I mean, what, what ways have you seen um, or experienced the grace of God um, in, yeah. in life? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it, you see its importance everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, you see the grace of God, how it really, it meets us really at our darkest and deepest mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, the, it's not like the grace of God is good for the superficial problems of our life. It has the, uh, the kind of surface problems. It's good for that. But the deeper problems, we need to turn some, something else. Yeah. Now, it's, it's the answer to the deepest problem, the deepest condition of our hearts. It really is. And, um, and we continue to see this come, come, come to light in, you know, just in, in ministry. You're working with people, people's lives, um, you, you know, in our own lives as well. Um, you know, I can't think of a deeper, more meaningful uh, experience for humans than marriage, right? Like that is just the, the, the number one relationship on, mm. on earth, under heaven, uh, aside from a relationship with Christ. And it's there that so much of our souls come to light. It's there so much of our problems come to light. It really is like a, a mirror. just mm. brings it out. And, um, and just in my own marriage and uh, in having the privilege of walking closely with others in marriage as well, uh, there's nothing like the grace. The grace of God is the power and the hope for mm. For people just struggling, you know, and um, yeah, I look for a couple of things when I think about people. Uh, there are two things I look for. I look for the ability to forgive others mm-hmm. and the ability to ask for forgiveness. I feel like when you boil it all down, um, those are the two things where if those are in place, if somebody's really able to really forgive, where it's where an offense done against you is not coming up again later on, the kind of the real forgiveness, the hard forgiveness. Uh, and if a person is really able to humble themselves and admit wrong, right, not to the whole game of denial and blame shifting, it's not my fault, it's the other person's fault all the time. The ability to forgive and the ability to ask for forgiveness, those are, are like life in, in the desert. You know, they're like water in the desert. You know, they just bring, they bring life to death. Right? Mm. And those are so hard to do, right? I mean, those are so impossible to do. And humanly speaking, it is impossible to do. But here's where the grace of God comes in. Because mm. if I know... That I'm saved sheerly by grace, not by anything I've done, which is what grace means. If, if I did anything to save myself, it's not grace. But grace means I am completely ill-deserving. In fact, I deserve hell. Mm-hmm. That's what I deserved. But God instead has given me his son, and he's given me life and salvation. And, and Alex, like you said, this ought to transform us, right? And mm. One of the ways this deeply transforms us is uh, then if I know I'm forgiven like that, how can I not forgive in turn? Right. Yeah. And also, if I'm, if I'm saved not by being good, but by admitting I'm a sinner, then how can I not admit when I sin? Right? It's the, way I, the way I'm saved is by admitting sin. And so when I do wrong to somebody, it should be, it should be easier for me to admit it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to justify myself. God justifies me. Right? My identity is not wrapped up in me being good. I don't have to pretend that I'm good. I can actually admit when I'm wrong. Mm. And that kind of stuff brings life to relationships. It really transforms. So, yeah. I, I guess on that, um, do you think about marriage um, over the last year, especially? I think one of the things that I've come to realize is there's often this like bar um, that I have or this mm. ex- level of expectation that I have for, for Rachel and my spouse. And often it's an unrealistic one. Uh, it's one that is not, um, you know, gospel yeah. focused at all. 
um, one that's rooted in scripture. And what happens then is whenever Rachel doesn't live up to that expectation that I've made um, selfishly, um, it can often lead to like, you know, anger, frustration, um, yeah, just me not being a very loving husband. And, um, uh, and actually, though, the, where the grace of God comes in in that is that when I recognize, um, you know, just how gracious God has been to me, my, yeah. my actual position um, yeah. before him without Christ, um, you know, what I really deserve, um, and yet how loving and you know, good he's been to me, it, it actually it humbles me um, and it removes that like expectation you know it, it creates that level playing field um, that's what grace does and mm-hmm. it enables me then to like mm-hmm. to love and um, Rachel the way the way I should yeah that's right and see what's so beautiful about that is you realize that the, the transformation that happened there that didn't come from just you on your own mm-hmm. sort of thinking about how to be a better husband it didn't come from you on your own figuring out things or just tweaking things in your mind to change your behavior, right? Which that's all the world can do. Mm-hmm. The only thing the world can do is try to like jury rig our selfish nature and try to figure out ways to just be better, right? Make things work. But what you're describing, Alex, is, is help from the outside, right? That's what God's mm-hmm. grace is. It's an invasion from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, it is grace that comes and enables someone who can't do it mm-hmm. to actually do it, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and therefore, there, then you know that whatever credit there is there, mm-hmm. it all goes to God, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If there's any change, if there's any positive, visible, testifiable transformation, right, God gets all the glory for that. Right? Yeah. And that's what, that's what grace does. It gives, in the end, God all the glory. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's actually really humbling, obviously, in, in, in all of life and marriage, you know, but in ministry, I think as well, especially that... Um, for change that happens in our own lives and other people's lives it's god um who gets the glory um and i guess as well as that even as we think about teaching and what's really important for people if we're saying that this change doesn't come from us just tweaking things in our mind um or doesn't come in and of ourselves it comes as we as we fix our eyes on on christ as as we as we look to him i guess in ministry we want to be fixing um, each other's and pointing our gaze towards Christ and, and bringing people to, to him and his word. Um, if we want to see that, that change um, actually happen. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's like Leslie Ann said, it's we're, we're united to Christ. It's in Christ that we have these things. And so mm. it's, it is personal looking, personal turning to Christ at all times. And mm. in a sense that kind of makes our job easy as Christian workers, yeah. right? We, <laughs> We were, we were just pointing away from ourselves and away yeah. from people. Just hey, look at him. look at this guy. <laughs> look at Jesus. Go to him. Mm. Pray to him. I don't have the answers. He does. And, yeah. 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 Preach yeah. preach Christ and him crucified. Um, yeah. 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 Right. I mean that's I mean and it's easier said than done to like to, you know to to point people to Christ and say oh, you know yeah. there's just that inner like I want to be the expert I want to be oh, I want to be yeah. the man that, that people look to so. Um, that's the, yeah. such a big temptation in ministry. And that's a temptation that, that just throws itself at us in, in yeah. ministry where, you know, we, we are in a position where we can help people and we're in a position where people will encourage us and thank us for our gifts and recognize us. And it's so easy to begin to think, yeah, I'm the man or your yeah. case, Leslie. And yeah, I'm the woman. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to think that. And um, which is why I, I love first uh, Timothy one where, mm. you know, Paul, um, you get the sense Paul is sort of giving us one of his like life 
life um, kind of phrases where he says, you know, this saying is trustworthy and true, mm -hmm. right? Christ came into the world to save sinners. Right? This is the gospel. Christ came into yep. the world to save sinners. And then he quickly follows that up by saying, of whom I am the foremost. Mm -hmm. Like Christ came into the world to save sinners, but part of his proclamation is, but I'm, you know, you gotta know I'm the worst. Right? I'm the worst of sinners. So lest you think that I, Paul, have got it all together, I don't. I am the worst. Like, you know my history. You know what I've done to churches and Christians. You know how murderous and hateful I was. And Christ saved me. And then Paul says, and you know, Christ, you know, God demonstrated this, his patience towards me as an example for those who are to trust in him. Mm -hmm. so my life is just a big billboard. Mm -hmm. I supply the sin, and God supplies the grace in Christ, and I'm just testifying of his, right? And so, and that's kind of our job as, as, as ministers and as Christian workers, right? That's we were supposed to say with our lives, no, I'm not the answer. I don't have the wisdom. All I did was provide the need. <laughs> I just bring the need and Christ is, is the supply. Um, and we're like one author says, we're all beggars. Mm. Like we're all beggars, but some people know where the bread is. Right? And that's a, that's a minister, right? It's just a beggar who, who actually knows where the bread is. It's pointing other beggars. Mm. Yeah. That's a, I love that. Yeah. That's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what about then? God being merciful. Um, what, what do you mean by that? And, and I guess growing up, I wasn't sure if there was much of a difference between God being gracious um, mm. and merciful. Not even sure if there's a difference now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, how, how do we distinguish between um, th those two terms? And how do we yeah. think about God being merciful? Yeah. yeah. Now, I think you're right because uh, a lot of times in scripture, you see those terms really interchanged. Mm. Right. So even Ephesians 2, as we've been talking about, right, we read that, uh, that though you were dead in your sins, God, rich in mercy, right, uh, while we were dead in sins, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you've yeah. been saved. So you have mercy and grace together. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think when uh, people who study the Bible distinguish between them, I think they, they uh, tend to see mercy as the aspect of God's character where he's sympathetic mm. towards those who are suffering or those in misery. And, you know, um, like the, the old phrase would be like the bowels of, of mercy, bowels of mm -hmm. compassion, right? And it's kind of the feeling that we would have if, we're, if we see a tiny, cute little kid right in front of us run and skin their knees, right? What do you do, right? You just, your heart goes into them, like, oh, right? They're crying, you pick them up, right? Or if you're watching a movie and um, there's just this really sympathetic character in the movie where you just know the way the movie's going, they're going to get some misfortune done to them, right? But the way the movie maker setting up is your heart goes to them. They're so, they're so good. They're so kind. You want to see good to them. And when misfortune happens to them, your heart goes to them, right? It pulls on your heartstrings. And, um, and I think because we're made in God's image, uh, we can get a little bit, therefore, of the fact that God is merciful. Even if we feel mercy towards children, towards sympathetic mm -hmm. characters, how much more God, who is, um, you know, Leslie, and I think, as you said before, he, he is merciful, right? He is he, uh, he contains mercy in himself completely infinitely. He is mm -hmm. mercy, right? Mm -hmm. As he has all his attributes. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the distinction that a lot of people make when they think about his mercy, his sympathy towards creatures in misery. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, there's um, Tozer here. I just wanted to read this as a bit of a contrast between the two. It says, mm -hmm. as mercy is God's goodness confronting human misery and guilt, so mm -hmm. grace is his goodness directed toward human debt and demerit. So, you know, where, where there is nothing, God shows his grace. And where there is guilt, God shows his mercy. You know, I think that's a helpful distinction. Yeah. Because they're, they're more like, yeah. you know, uh, 
two sides of the same coin type thing, yeah. but both yeah. necessary. You know, the, um, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Mm. That's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in the end they are like two sides of the coin. They're, mm. they're still God's goodness. Yeah. But you yeah. know, one is directed to us in our, in our debt as, as mm-hmm. Tozer says, and mm-hmm. the other one toward our mis- misery. Yeah. And it just makes, brings out the multifaceted mm-hmm. aspect of God's greatness here. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, parsing these things out, it actually increases our worship. It really mm-hmm. does. I'm feeding off of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you guys. I, I don't know, like Jesus is the answer and yes, but like, <laughs> I just feel like Jesus, I just feel like Jesus was the, like, honestly, like the expert when it comes to like mercy, Do you know, I just feel his constant posture was one of like, um, mercy, yeah. come to me. Mm. Do you know, he, he just understood. He was at a pace in life where he just understood people's, misery he always had yeah. time for people who were hurting yeah yeah um yeah and he was like come yeah. to me and find rest you know find eternal rest I know. yeah yeah and he it's you see god fully making his home on earth in christ right in christ you see the full glory of god right it's it's, it's god with us right and, and yeah absolutely that's, that's one thing that strikes you about jesus right he's just so tender to everybody he interacted with, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a lion for truth. He was not afraid of anybody, right? But at the same time, he was so unbelievably tender. Like people that others had no patience for, Jesus always had patience for, right? It's mm-hmm. like the children, right? Like the disciples said, ah, oh, children, they don't matter right now. Like send the children away. And Jesus gets indignant, right? And Jesus says, right, let them, let them come to me for theirs is the kingdom, right? And, yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, the weak, the the needy, um, the ones that we might ordinarily get irritated by. Right? Jesus was never irritated by them. Right? Mm-hmm. He was tender, compassionate. Um, those who were broken and needy, he drew near to them. Right. So, yeah, that's the, that's the mercy of Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's incredible how we see that uniquely in the God Man. So, Sharon, you've already said about time mercy manifests itself in like a sympathy. And we mm. have this God, man, the great high priest. And we're told that um, in Hebrews, where it talks about, um, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, but because mm. of his humanity mm. and his experience, he is able to sympathize. Yeah. And therefore, there's like a greater depth to the mercy we see of God in the person of Christ. Um, That's right. So it's, it's an incredible, unique uh, relation toward his, his creatures um, in Christ. Absolutely. It's so unique. It's you know, he didn't stand far off. Yeah. When he saw his creatures yeah. in misery. Uh, he didn't stand far off. He didn't just toss them a life preserver. That's what yeah. I would do. Like, I'm yeah. not going to jump in there. I might drown too. Here, here's a life preserver, right? But he, he jumped in. He jumped mm. in. And, you know, um, yeah. And, and, and because he jumped in, absolutely. He's a, he's a sympathetic high priest. There's no aspect of our suffering, of our existence mm-hmm. that he is unable to relate to. He says, he knows everything about us except for sin. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's what he had to do in, in order to become the savior, mm-hmm. right? He had to do this in order to become the savior. It was the call on Jesus from the father and he obeyed to a T and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a distance between how we are merciful and how God is merciful. Right. Um, we have limits to our mercy. There are, mm-hmm. there are people that we will have sympathy for and the people we will not have sympathy for. Um, <laughs> Uh, even in movies, right? The bad guys in the movies, right? Um, I think I've been watching a lot of movies in COVID-19. That's why a lot of these illustrations coming up. But there's some characters who are just despicable. You hate them, right? 
and they're set up that way in the movies to, for you to hate them and you have no yeah. sympathy for them right you right. you just want them to get what's coming to them right and you feel very revengeful towards them right but um you know our mercy has limits there are certain, there are people and characters we just do not have mercy for but what makes god's mercy amazing is that christ came for all mm-hmm. right and um there's nobody no matter how evil or mm-hmm. how uh, despicable that god doesn't look at with a desire for mm-hmm. for them to have mercy right he, mm-hmm. he has mercy for them um, so it is infinite it is unlimited uh, and it's in christ mm-hmm. and yet in christ you know there's been a mercy purchased for us mm-hmm. and this life that we're called to walk in and so we are called to um, pursue um mm-hmm. you know that righteous life and mm-hmm. to live merciful um mm-hmm. so, so i mean yeah. then how, how do we go about doing that how like how does that take root actually in our lives and um, to walk in that mercy that christ has purchased for yeah. us to walk in yeah yeah and as you say that reminds me of romans 12 mm-hmm. therefore in view of god's mercy we're mm-hmm. offer you Offer your very lives are a offering, a sacrificial offering. Yeah. So our lives should look different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would love to hear what you guys think. I, I have some thoughts as well, but what, what do you guys think about that? How, how does mercy make a difference uh, in our walks? Uh, mm. a, a demonstrable, testifiable difference to God's mercy, uh, our lives. Yeah. yeah. And so there was somewhere I was reading, um, I'm not sure if you guys have read it too, but the idea of mercy is actually relieving burdens of others, you know, so relieving, mm. relieving or, or causing relief in their lives, both physically and spiritually. I thought that was a really helpful way, a tangible way to think of what mercy might look like. And as, mm. as we've already said, out of a response to the mercy that we've been shown, not because we're trying harder, but because of the mercy that we have been shown. Um, yeah. And recently it was Tim Lane had said, um, when talking about Galatians 6, saying that whenever we are bearing each other's burdens, it actually should be like a pinch on our lifestyle, you know, so it's not that we're just being nice. It's quite easy to be nice, you know, it's within our boundaries, it's within our, our limits, whereas actually to truly bear someone's burdens is to be, go beyond that and to be put out essentially, you know, for our lifestyle. Yeah, to have to be That's cheap. so good. That's yeah, right. and I, th- I thought it was really helpful right. because especially maybe whenever we're working with people quite often, we maybe think we're doing quite a good job but maybe we're actually just being nice or maybe we're actually just doing our job, you know, whereas actually being put out of our evening plans or our, our comfort or our leisure, that's really whenever we're bearing burdens. That's right. Um, And this idea of relief, your mercy is relief. I think maybe that's a way that this plays out actually, that we're merciful when we are relieving people of their physical burden or their spiritual burden, Mm -hmm. including Mm -hmm. what you already said, Sherwin, about the forgiving. You know, so a spiritual relief, is to forgive someone. Um, so that's, that's right. a way in which we can show mercy to them mm. when they've sinned against us. And, and of right. course, we can only do that by the grace of God. So, you know, it, it comes full circle, doesn't it? That um, we are so dependent upon his grace, even to be merciful that he has called us to be. Um, but I thought that was like a tangible way of thinking about it. Yeah, life absolutely. Life anyway. yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Because it is so tangible and it's yeah. a direct result of having received God's mercy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, as God's been merciful to us, therefore we must be merciful. And mm-hmm. that is so true. I'm very, very convicted because I, <laughs> yeah, I often go up to the point of burden. Mm-hmm. Like I will help you as long as it doesn't burden me. Mm-hmm. But once it yes. starts burdening me, yeah, uh, you're on your own. Right. Mm-hmm. But actually the call, the, the uh, example of Christ's mercy mm-hmm. is, you know, he didn't just stop until the point it would pain him. Yes. He died on the cross for me. Right. That was his mercy. And so 
there's got to be some cross-bearing if it's going to mm. recycle. Yeah. 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 Alex, what, what do you think too? Yeah. Thanks for um, putting me on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Sherwin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've just uh, hijacked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about, I guess the more time I've spent in church and the more time you spend with people is that I, I think there's an element where, uh, and again, it comes down to expectations where you almost have these expectations of, of people and we can have these expectations of each other that um, are more man-made and are unrealistic. Um, and yet Jesus seems to, um, especially with people who, who don't know him yet, uh, have these have these expectations. Even with people that, that do know him, he seems to like have this very realistic um, view of of who they are, of how sin has affected their life, um, of how in need of him that they are. Um, and so how he ministers to people, um, you know, seems to be very patient and, and loving and gracious. And mm-hmm. it's come to me, it's come to me, it's fine resting me, fine resting mm-hmm. me. Um, and I think that's something as, as I think about people and, and everyday life situations that, um, what is my constant posture um, towards people, if that makes mm, sense? Mm-hmm, Am I aware mm-hmm. that it's because of sin and um, mm-hmm. they're in darkness and mm-hmm. they, they, they do things that, um, yeah, are going to hurt me or are not right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, am I aware of that? And yet, am I going to respond um, with, mm-hmm. do you know what? I, I'm, 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 always, I'm sorry that this is the way it, it is. It's it's not like I, I come and I, I judge or uh, high horse and criticize. I'm like, you know, no, I'm a mess too. And it's because of sin. And, and this is not the way things were meant to be. Like when God intended things from the start, this is not how it was meant to be. One day Shalom mm-hmm. is coming. And am I going to live with that, like that mindset and that posture towards people? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What about you? <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things, um, you know, God's mercy for us, Christ's sympathetic high priestly ministry towards, towards us, how it transforms life is, um, it, it definitely changes the way we see people. Um, it, it gives us more wisdom with people. I think, um, mm. I think when I was younger, I definitely tended to parse out people as you're either a sufferer or you're a sinner, mm-hmm. right? You can't be both, right? Uh, no, you're, you're you're in the mess you're in because of your own foolishness. You're, you're just sinning mm. or you're in the mess you're in because of things that have happened to you. It's not your fault. Right. Um, but I remember professor Seminary, uh, Allison, uh, who I know, uh, Alex, we share love for, um, you know, he, he taught us to think about uh, people as you, know, you see people as sinners, right. But they're also sufferers, mm. right. There are suffering sinners. And you see people as sufferers, right? Of course, you have a lot of compassion, but they're also sinners, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're tempted to sinful reactions to the suffering, right? And so it gives a kind of a, a nuance and a wisdom with how to approach people. And I think that's really helpful. Just even me um, as a dad of growing teenagers, right? it's very yeah. easy for me to look at my boys who are all wonderful, by the way. Right? They, I, I would, um, yeah, I love them. Uh, they're wonderful. I'll sing their praises all the day, but there are teenagers. And as teenagers, they are 
uh, you know, growing up into certain different kind of thinking and attitudes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could come across as very challenging to me, uh, to my authority. And it's easy for me to just drop the hammer on them and just label them as, no, you're just being rebellious. You're just a sinner, right? Mm. Um, but mercy and the mercy Christ has shown me uh, enables me to say, all right, wait, wait. Christ was merciful. He was sympathetic towards me. There's nothing in my experience that he does not know. Mm. Um, uh, what does mercy look like to my children? Well, it means not just considering them in the rebellion, but also thinking, what are they facing? Mm. You know, what is the heat in their lives? What, what are the stressors? Mm. Um, sure, they may be reacting sinfully, but they're reacting sinfully perhaps to real struggles, real difficulties. Yeah. Right? So it gives me a moment to pause when I think about how Christ has been patient and merciful with me to then be per- merciful and patient with others, my children. And it just makes me a much more wiser dad. That's one thing mercy does. I think another thing mercy I've been learning as well is it, it I think enables us to really pray, uh, pray to God uh, better. Um, I know for me, oftentimes my prayers have to feel like they're all brushed up and tidy mm-hmm. and eloquent. Um, and, you know, I think underlying that is, well, this is God I'm praying to. You know, I need to, I need to bring my A game. <laughs> I, need to, yeah. I need to speak well. I need to impress, right? Uh, I need to show that I really care or think highly of him, right? And, but if God is a God of mercy, he's a God who draws near to the brokenhearted. He mm-hmm. saves those who crush in spirit, right? He's in the Psalms. How many times do you say, come to me? Like, I'm a refuge for those who are unprotected, right? And there's a tenderness there. Um, he's not irritated when we come to him needy. And so that has helped me to pray more simply, more desperately, just like, Lord, just help. Like, it's almost like, I'm going to drop the niceties. Lord, I need your help. Just help. Like, have mercy. And free to be more desperate and vulnerable because I am desperate. I am vulnerable. The truth is I don't have my life put together. If I try to present that to God, that's actually false, right? But I can be authentic to God. I can, Lord, help. Like, I'm drowning here, you know, Mm. and, um, I'm facing something that looks that's bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Like actually saying that to God, I'm scared or I'm anxious mm-hmm. about this. Lord, help. Like I know you love me. Help. Um, and First Peter 5, 7, you know, cast all your anxieties. Mm-hmm. Right? Cast your anxiety because he, he cares for you. Right? So yeah, God's mercy has helped prayer for sure in my life as well. Yeah. You mentioned desperation there, Sherwin, um, and just this like coming before God and, and desperation and I, I'm preparing for Matthew 15 um, and one of it's 21 to mm-hmm. it's going to be the 39 but that includes the story of the Canaanite woman okay. and yes like, yes she's yeah. she, she, so she's like she, she comes running to Jesus yeah. and you know she's like have mercy on me have mercy on me Lord um, do you know my daughter is severely oppressed by yeah. a demon yeah and and I love it because it's like she's crying out and she's just desperate for Jesus. She's desperate. Yeah. You know, she, she recognizes it's only Jesus can do something. This and is her daughter, so, her sick daughter. Yeah, she's yeah. desperate, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's, she's so desperate that the disciples, I actually think, are embarrassed. Like they don't get it. Like, do you know, yeah. they're like, the little disciples say, um, send her away, right? Send her away. <laughs> she's crying out after us. Like they don't get that Jesus is the answer. Like they're so embarrassed. She's so yeah, desperate. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Jesus is just, no, like don't send her away. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it continues to speak to her. Absolutely. And, and I, th- I think with the disciples, I'm glad you brought this up. I think what's going on in the disciples is a little, a bit of compassion fatigue too. 
His disciples have been walking with Jesus and they're serving alongside him long hours, right? Tending to the crowds and, um, you know, they're spent and compassion fatigue is a real thing, right? But you never see compassion fatigue in Jesus, right? He's never tired of of showing just more mercy, going over and over again, over, over every barrier, more mercy, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus is beautiful. Um, well, Sherman, thank you so much um, for yeah, for coming on. Uh, I mean, I've loved this. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah, we've loved this, and um, I'm sure for those who are listening, you you really enjoyed this too. This has been great. Um, so thank you so much, man, and thank That's you both for uh, your thoughts and, and the chat. Um, this has been it's been great for me personally. If, if anyone else too. Um, <laughs> Yes, but um, thank you once again, everyone, for uh, listening, for tuning in. We hope that um, this has been a blessing to you. And uh, we we do miss you. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you again soon and and catching up with you. But until then, um, take care.